We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What you just did is good, playing with the hair. I feel like when a girl plays with her hair while she's talking to me, I'm like, oh, maybe she's into it. No, that's like a nervous tick. It's actually, I take medication to stop, but I can't help it. So I don't think that means that. I think it means she has an anxiety disorder. And uh, <laughs> she probably stay I'm away like- from that one, Danny. <laughs> What's up, guys? Welcome back to Don't Tell Mom. I'm Hannah Dickinson. I'm here with Skylar Corby. Hello. Hello. You're looking tan as hell. Oh, really? Nice. Okay. Your hair looks blonder. You know, tan or blonder summer. Just really going for it. I haven't even highlighted it yet. That's coming soon. I'm really going for it. Wow. I texted Skylar, how was the Outer Banks? And she said, I've never felt more attractive. It's really true. Here's the thing. You don't really need to like train for the beach or like beach bikini body diet or anything before you go to the Outer Banks of North Carolina. You can just show up and you're going to be the best looking person on there or at least way more passable than most. So I don't know if that was good because I think I kind of need beach vacations to just remind me sometimes it's like you think you might be doing well, but maybe not. Let's find out. Like, I feel like it's like if I were to be running in a sports bra on the West Side Highway, there's always going to be some girl that's like kicking my ass and looks phenomenal in it. And I would probably see her later, like housing a burger, a big stick. But in the Outer Banks, I'm like, ah, I feel like I look OK, but this isn't helping my case here. Yeah, I'll get the cheese fries. Fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> Daiquiri I'm cheese have fries. Dessert? But heavy, no problem. Please, actually. But light, I don't know what that is. Luckily, I'm doing the opposite in about a month and going down to Florida slash Miami-ish. And uh, that should put things back into perspective. So this will be short-lived. Yeah, Miami. It's a, it's, a, it's a hot one. Do you know what I realized? I realized I could never go back to Miami again. Why? I gave away my Miami tube top, RIP. Not that I do love Miami. I do. But I think about my four trips I've been to Miami and I don't talk to any of those people who I've gone to Miami with. Yeah. It was all kind of toxic relationships. And while they were fun in the moment, bad omens, I think. I mean, I feel like you might need to give it one more shot with like people you know and trust very well. That's what my but- friend said. But I was like, are you looking to have a falling out with me? Like, just <laughs> fucking say it to my <laughs> face. Is this your way of saying like you don't want to be friends anymore? Let's go to Miami. Okay. 
Well, my ex-boyfriend, my dad was like, yeah, you should go. You should switch it up, switch up the energy. And then that just, that was all right. (laughs) Yeah, definitely uh, change things up in the relationship. (laughs) But that being said, I would go back if anyone asked. Uh, So pretty free, pretty open. So uh, pretty open to it. So I'm not even going to. Did you do anything patriotic? I went, I actually went to a barbecue on a roof that felt pretty, pretty patriotic to be on a rooftop and there was a barbecue on it. Yeah, very much so. That also sounds really safe. Totally up to code. Oh yeah. Are you not supposed to? Like a rooftop rooftop or like the roof of a building? I feel like there's a stark difference because I've been to both. It was like a definite rooftop. Like they had chairs. I've done that. Like I've been up there before where people are like, we should shoot off some fireworks. I'm like... I feel like the people in unit six aren't really going to love that, but all right, let's see if they come out and complain first. But that uh, sounds fun. But I'm not like a big firework person. My brother was like, Hannah, do you like fireworks? And I was like, is that a thing people write on their profile? Yeah. Like my favorite things, fireworks, yeah. you know, like, sure. I don't mind them, but I'm not like, oh, you know what? I love fireworks. I completely forgot about them until the drive home yesterday. It was July 5th. And I'm like, you know, I didn't see or hear any fireworks. Yeah. Like I don't want Domino Park was so crowded. Yeah. And the idea of getting to a park early to get a good spot for fireworks. I'd rather just not see the fireworks. Same. But maybe I'll slowly change my mind. Who knows? But that's not a passion of mine. Maybe that is a new thing for you that you just haven't explored yet. You mean in my sobriety? Yeah. I mean, I I did go roller skating last week. Like outdoors or at like a- At a roller rink. Oh. In a suburb outside of Boston. Did you feel like you were at an eighth grade birthday party? Because that's the last time I've probably been to a place like that. That's exactly what- I was like, I've been here before. My cousin's like, no, you haven't, but you've just been to a roller rink before. (laughs) They all look the same. But you know, I, I actually did. I thought it was really fun to go roller skating because did you ever see Boogie Nights? Of course. Okay, so my dream, my true career dream is that they'd have a Boogie Nights remake and then I get to play Heather Graham's part, which is the roller girl yeah. who dies of a cocaine overdose. Right. <laughs> she like has a seizure and dies. Does she die? It's something. I don't tragic. think she dies, but somebody almost dies for the same reason. So yeah. it would be really cool to be able to do tricks and shit. Like do the cool roller skating stuff that apparently everyone learned how to do in quarantine. Exactly. The, the, the roller rink was packed. And the oh, amount yeah. of girls who brought their own skates mm-hmm. and they are not trying to fuck with people who are on the outer ring. No, no, they don't want anything to do with somebody that's holding onto the wall and just like inching their way along. None of that. Yeah, no. I'm sorry. My neighbor just texted me. Oh, nice. <laughs> I made out with my neighbor this weekend. <laughs> also super patriotic, you know, just. Well, he's not American, but. Even better. Even better. And that means you're just like a real housewife. How did that happen exactly? Are you willing to divulge that? Well, I mean, obviously of- don't name his name, but we can call him like. Well, we met on Bumble. Well, so we met on Bumble and then we were talking. I was like, oh, I'm actually moving this weekend and I'm moving. He's like, oh, what street? I live in West Village too. And I said, what street I lived on? And he was like, I live on that street. And then I was like, oh God, because if he lived in my building, I don't think I would have. I let's be honest. I would have. Yeah. I'm like, I don't think I, I definitely, what boundaries? Work in progress, baby. Baby steps. Yeah. It's a small thing, but, uh, yeah, we just hung out and then, you know, a little cash, a little, a little 
casual makeup. Just a little makeup. I like that. It was fun. Now, was this like a public makeout? Because I love those. I live for those. No, we were at his apartment. Proximity. It really does help things out. It was, it was cool. I have an air mattress, so I'm currently sleeping on an air mattress. Right. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to need to find a, a solid, solid bed. He was like, because I slept over there, you know, PG sleepover, brought over a toothbrush. You Ooh. know, I just, <laughs> I needed a bed. So I, uh, I found one. And You're nothing if not resourceful. So <laughs> I couldn't get movers in time. However, <laughs> I did get a bed. Find a bed in two hours notice. No problem. I'm on it. I got a notification from Casper that my bed was delayed and I was like, not an issue. <laughs> <laughs> totally fine. I've got it covered. I texted him today. I was like, hey, do you have a printer? He was like, Jesus Christ, anything <laughs> else? Printer, uh, a fridge. I know I only have a half fridge. I don't have a, basically I don't have a stove or an oven. So I'm gonna be like, you mind if I make a birthday cake at your place? <laughs> Just gotta get some things done. It was cool to meet a neighbor. Yeah. You know. Very Mr. Rogers of you. Yeah, I guess. Clearly not the worst thing. As long as you're on good terms and it's like, okay, whatever, you can wave to him and then keep on going. Yeah, exactly. Now, well, I do need to know, does he have a good apartment? Like, does he have a pretty well put together adult apartment? Yeah, I was very impressed. A bed frame? I was like, okay, who are you? (laughs) Not me. (laughs) Yeah. Well, he doesn't have a top sheet. And I was like, you don't have a top sheet? He was like- I think that's like a weird new thing though. I am not- Some people, no, no, no. I feel like uh, people not having top sheets is like a thing. I'm not, I love a top sheet, but apparently it's a thing among millennials or whatnot to not put on the top sheet anymore. I don't get it. That is pure laziness. A top sheet is crucial. Exactly. What a top sheet. I don't know. It's the thin little blanket that gets you started in the middle, in the beginning of the night. And then if you get cold, you pull up your comforter. But if you don't, you have the top sheet and it works. It's also much more sanitary. Cause I'm like a tornado. So I'm all over my comforter, never wash it. Whereas my sheets, I wash consistently. So I feel like the top sheet is protecting me from being completely disgusting. I don't get it, but I did read that recently and it grossed me out. Wait, you read this article that yes, <laughs> the, epi- the top sheet epidemic. It's that one no of those thinks- things where like millennials are killing the top sheet industry. I'm not kidding. But it's, it's like- sold as sets. So I know like- they just don't put them on. I don't get it either. I'm on your side. I'm, I want as many sheets on my bed as possible. That's so interesting. Cause I gave him shit for it, but you then should've. he reminded me that I have an air mattress. So yeah. he kind of trumped me on that one. You were throwing stones in that glass house, but <laughs> at, when you do get your bed situation situated, you will have a leg to stand on because it is gross that he doesn't have one. But here's the thing. I go, why don't you have a top sheet? And he goes, what is a top sheet? It's in the pack with all the other things. That's what I said. The pillowcases and the other one and not the top sheet. It's there. It's in there. I I was like, isn't this sold as sets? I was genuinely confused. But then I was like, I can't get it. He brought up the air mattress thing. So I didn't have a leg to stand on. I was like, okay, you're right. I'm sorry. I'm also spending the night here in your pajamas. You are correct. That is, yes. uh, but I, you're right. It's sold in this. I need to text him. That's what I'm going to text him right now. By the way, uh, a top sheet comes in a set. So don't fuck with me. Exactly. That should make him invite you over like right away. He'll be like, oh, I like this. I like that. She's so sassy about home goods. So yeah, I, I'm enjoying my neighborhood. Good. <laughs> Getting friends. to know all the spots. 
<laughs> Maybe I'll go to the building next door for the next one. Yeah, just keep it in that little intersection and you're set. <laughs> and then who knows who else you'll meet? Bradley Cooper lives close by. Could happen. Does he? Mm-hmm. I was like, does he? Like, if I ran into him, Bradley Cooper would be like, you're the one. <laughs> Finally. I got a divorce with a supermodel for you. <laughs> she's also is. around the neighborhood a lot, too. She's apparently seen everywhere. So if you find out what she looks like and what the kid looks like, you'll see her constantly. I mean, that's interesting that they both see they both live in the neighborhood and that's fine. So they made it work. There's hope for all of us. If Bradley Cooper and his beautiful girlfriend, wife and their beautiful baby can make it work, then the rest of us are fine. Yeah. Now that I live on my own, I can make my own decisions. Yep. Have your own little mini fridge filled with whatever you want. Filled with whatever HelloFresh meals you're not going to properly cook. It's all you, baby. Well, that's the thing is like now that I have a half fridge and a stovetop, my dreams of cooking are just, that's not my excuse. I'm just gonna be like, oh, I don't really have a kitchen. So my friend came over and she was like, no, you can make food in there. And I was like, shut the fuck up. Like, stop. No. I suggest it. Yeah, I'm not looking. I'm not looking for tips here. I'm looking for excuses. I'm looking for a way out. Yeah, no, I don't have a full fridge, so I just can't have vegetables in it. That's my excuse. Literally, my mini fridge is just full of Topo Chico. That's it. But that's all it fits. It only fits a case of Topo Chico. So I'm like, well, it is what it is. Wait, so do you have a crazy bitch of the week? Um. When I was in the car on the way home yesterday, because we were in an Airbnb and I found out that I'm apparently the most I'm the ideal Airbnb guest, but maybe not the ideal Airbnb like sleeping partner, because I like read all the rules that the Airbnb post hosts put out like in their oh, little like a long list is you read those. Yes. I read those because I don't want to miss anything and I don't want to like lose stars or like get a bad rating. So I read like the little booklets and everything like that. And in the Airbnb that we were staying in at this beach house, I read it the night we got there. I'm like, okay, what do we need to do the night like when we leave? Because I'm a mom apparently and zero fun. So the night or the day we're trying to leave, I'm sitting there like inst- like washing dishes like a fucking maniac and just telling everyone, I'm like, we need to empty the fridge. Everything needs to be out of the fridge. And everyone's like, why don't we just like throw half of this shit away or take whatever you want and then just throw everything in the dishwasher and go. I'm like, no, because I don't think we're allowed to leave the dishwasher running and all this stuff. So like in true fashion, I am probably the crazy bitch because I could just tell on everyone's face it was too early in the morning for me to be there or alive. But I was also just like, no, I don't want to be the annoying people that don't do what the Airbnb hosts ask us to do when it's so easy. I'm clearly no fun, but at least I know that if I follow those rules, the Airbnb host appreciates it and, I don't know, bumps my score up by 0.04. Yeah, you're all about the scores. You're all about, the, you're all about the grades. You're like, I need an A on this Airbnb test. All right? I, it's not even really about, like, I don't want to bother the host. You're not considerate. You're competitive. And that's what I yeah. respect. You. That is exactly what it is. I want to be the best guest that they've ever had. So I have a lot to work on. I'm starting to realize this because this is stemming from somewhere for someone who didn't really like aim for straight A's in school. I did fine. But for whatever reason, this is a very delayed response that probably could have been applied a lot earlier in my life. I see I was a straight A student. I was so competitive with grades. And I think I'm just a burnout now. We're just switching lives. Exactly. My GPA in college wasn't great. I failed ceramics, almost didn't graduate. It was over for me. Pretty student. 
AP classes, honors classes. I had like a 4.3 ended up in rehab. So (laughs) there you go. I don't know if your kid has great grades, that doesn't mean they're going to be a good child. It means it's just going to surface way later for shit that doesn't matter. And that makes them an absolute terror to be around when everyone's hung over and just trying to fucking leave a beach house. Yeah, but I think it's always good to have one person like that. It's good to have a person like you who pays attention to detail because sometimes, you know what, that is annoying. I'm going to be honest, Skylar. You were probably very annoying. However, people would have been pissed if they missed something and then you all got charged $100 each or $150 each. So there always needs to be an anal person like you. Yeah. Because just shitting on everyone's good time and ruining the jokes of the morning to get things done. Yeah, there needs to be a shusher. Get it together. Yeah. You're downstairs. You're upstairs. I'm separating you guys. I really was like my boyfriend and one of his friends were just sitting on the couch while I'm furiously washing dishes. And I just looked over at him at one point, like with a knife in my hand, by the way, (laughs) and just kind of like held the knife up. Like, what are you doing? And then he looks at me. He's like, what do you want help with? I'm like, I want you to dry things. I want you to do something besides sitting there. And then he like gets annoyed with me. He's like, you need to relax. I'm like, do I? Um, But also, yes. Technically, this Airbnb was rented under his name. So you are welcome for what I'm assuming was a glowing review on their end. No, my friend went to a bachelorette party and said in Airbnb, she goes, the woman charges $1,000 because of the damage we left, but we didn't even leave damage. And then she showed me the photos. It was pretty bad. Like there was like <laughs> dirty underwear on the bathroom. They had like 20 beer cans that just missed the trash can they put like banners up and they ripped them down it took the paint off like there was a scratch on the floor the carpet was pretty dirty I was like yeah you left this place a pigsty why was there dirty underwear if they were leaving the place why didn't they take was I mean I don't want to know never mind look it was a bachelorette party and asked for details (laughs) like that was the least I love how that's the confusing part for you but she she was like yeah we tried to clean up I don't know none of they didn't have a Skylar to like be like guys we really need to clean up and then they got charged all this money and they were all pissed about it and then they were getting defensive and I looked at the photos and I said if I own this house I'd be pissed too I'm gonna charge you 1500 just because I'm grossed out but I also think it was in during COVID. And I said, well, it's also very clear you had people over here and there was a party. So that's probably what she was pissed about. Yeah. Like the thing is with Airbnbs, they're always like, don't have parties, don't have parties. But if you're renting out a house, you know, there's going to be parties. Yeah. Anytime I've rented one out for a bachelorette or anything like that, I've always put in there like because they ask you to write in why you're visiting. I'm like, it's just a fun group of friends getting together after not being able to see each other for so long. Like I said, one year it was like, a sorority leader retreat. This was like in 2018. I hadn't been in college for a while because yeah, it's like a historical place. And I'm like, oh, it's just again, a Bible study. I don't know. Yeah. I'm just seeing my mom after years of disconnection. There'll be no people there. See, I would say it was a meeting of like Mormons, but I know some Mormons that get after it. So really, it's like undercover get after it. So in a normal sense, I don't know how crazy they are this guy on hinge, he messaged me because it says I don't drink. And he said, Oh, I see that you don't drink. Are you Mormon? And that's why I think it's funny. You said, um, <laughs> are, like Mormons get after it. Cause I, but I also thought it was funny that he like, that was his first question. I guess I say I'm from Virginia. Is, Virgin- is Virginia known for Mormons? I mean, we had a lot of Mormons at our high school. We did. That's true. I just thought that was like a coincidence. 
I mean, it's because they had like the big, um, like near Springfield or whatever. There was that big, that huge Mormon church, the Disney church. Yeah. I should have just said yes. I should be like, yeah, that's the issue here. Yeah. Uh, Mental instability. Just, (laughs) I love my religion that was made up 14 years ago. Yeah, exactly. I am looking for a man to control me. So please. He's like, are you Mormon? Good. I can, I I can have like four of you. Do you know any girls? (laughs) Just have like really like a ridiculous updo that no person should be wearing at two o'clock in the afternoon on a Tuesday. But for some reason, you've executed it flawlessly. I'm like, I can't go for coffee because I can't have caffeine and I can't drink alcohol. So you have to take me to a pasta dinner. Like, you know what? Whatever the Mormon God's name, I think think it's like Jeremy. Like, you know what Jeremy really loves? Pastis. (laughs) Yeah, I can only go to Lartuzzi. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> it's part of my religion. Please respect it. Yeah, I should just start making ridiculous requests. <laughs> and just whoever falls for it, you know. Your own fault. So when I was sober, I got sober at like 23 for like six months. And I was, go- I was going out to bars with my friends and I was dancing. And I met this guy who's so cute. We were dancing. We were having a good time. And as I was leaving, he was like, oh, my God, like, let me get your number. And I was like, this guy's so hot. I cannot believe he's asking. It, it was, I was like, are you sure? But then I was like, he's drunk. And then, but he ended up texting me and he's like, hey, like it's fun meeting you last night. Sorry, I got a little hazy towards the end, but I know we talked about maybe going out. And I was like, yeah, you said you wanted to take me to Sugarfish because I've never been. He didn't say that. I just said that. <laughs> because I, I had never been to Sugarfish and I really want to go, but it's expensive. And he was like, oh yeah, for sure. He took me to Sugarfish. There we go. But I felt like a little <laughs> talk about taking advantage of a situation. Yeah. Sugarfish. And I think you said you were going to get me flowers. I don't know. <laughs> we're going to stop at the Louis Vuitton shop. <laughs> you were really taking me out, out. I was so blown away, but like really appreciative of it all. I think we're going to Italy next week. That's how I start taking advantage of guys that get them really drunk and get them to make financial promises. Yeah. I can't drink, but you drink. And then we'll go to Cartier. It's like that. Uh, what's his, what was the song early 2000s hit him up style where the girl basically like she finds out that her boyfriend is cheating on her, but instead of like getting actual revenge on him, she just steals his credit cards and then just buys herself a ton of shit. And that's supposed to make her feel better. It's kind of like that, but in reverse. You're just doing the stealing up front. <laughs> yeah. I also think we are describing the plot of Hustlers. I think uh, that's, yeah, I was going to say, I'm like, this would make a great movie. And then I didn't want to because I'm like, it is one. There's no way it's not. <laughs> <laughs> it's called Hustlers. But to be fair, I wouldn't be drugging them, you know, unless yeah. I had to. Uh, I'm just kidding. But yeah, I guess that is that is what women did and went to prison for. I guess that is taking advantage of a man. Huh. But uh, there was something. Oh, um, I've been listening. So today I was listening to T-Pain's playlist on Spotify, like T-Pain's radio. Usher's Confessions came on. Well, that what year did Confessions come out? 2004, five, maybe it was around the same year as. Yeah. Okay, it, it sounded so dated because he's telling her he cheated on her and is like, got another woman pregnant in confessions. And he's like, this is the hardest thing I've ever had to do. Like, this is so hard on me. Listen to the song. I'm like, this is a fucking hard on you, Usher, that you <laughs> cheated on your girlfriend. And now you have to tell her because you're having another baby. It wasn't that fucking hard. He did it like two more times after that song came out. That song and then uh, You Remind Me. Those were all around the same time. That song is about him going up to a girl and being like, you remind me of a girl that I used to bang. 
I'd love to bang you also, but it might be a little bit weird. So we shouldn't. It's like, what the, like somebody came up to me in a mall, which is, I'm pretty sure where that music video was set in like a food court and was telling me over an Auntie Anne's pretzel, like, hey, I think you're beautiful, but you know who's also beautiful? The girl who looks like you that I've already had sex with and fell in love with. I'd be like, all right. Like, (laughs) I mean, you're not the first, but you didn't need to tell me this. Leave me alone. I'm trying to find, so... Is this it? Hold on, I have to play you this T-Pain song. Literally the most fucking ridiculous T-Pain song that I listened to today. It's not even a song. It's a girl telling T-Pain she has AIDS and him saying they'll figure it out. Like the doctors or he and the girl will figure it out. <laughs> he and the girl, but it's like, fine. Fuck, this is going to take too long, whatever. There, it, There's a song in, in T-Pain's Spotify playlist. It's not them singing. It's them talking. And she's like, hey, I have some bad news. And he's like, what's the news? You're pregnant? She's like, no. And he's like, then it can't be that bad. And she's like, I've got HIV. And he's like, well, why'd you go and do that? And she's like, well, uh, uh, uh. he's like, is that funny to you? She's like, well, no, you have HIV too now. And he's like, why would you do that? And she's like, well, I didn't do it. And then he's like, okay, we'll figure it out. And then the song ends. And I'm literally getting a coffee listening to this. It feels like a podcast with the back. I'm like, is this, did this happen to T-Pain? Was that T-Pain's way of like letting people know like, hey, I have HIV? I I guess he, I don't know if it, I just Googled this, he have AIDS. (laughs) Oh yes, he did get, he did get HIV. He got it from his baby mama. Okay, so I guess that she recorded the phone call and then put a track on it. So anyway, my my morning started with finding out T Pain had HIV, and I was like, "Is he okay?" What? But I guess you—I mean, you can live with HIV; it's not that yeah. big of an issue. But I, this was, you know, two thousand five. I was like, <laughs> I, "This is really a topical podcast." And uh, yeah, we're really going back into the archives today. But yeah, Usher has herpes. T Pain has HIV. And uh, we're grinding. At the, <laughs> the year is <laughs> we are grinding at homecoming. The yeah. year is 2006. I actually do have a crazy bitch of the week. My friend Ray, mm-hmm. she was online dating during towards the end of the in February. She was online yeah. dating in February, I think. And she met a guy on Tinder and he was like kind of cute, but not really. And so one night they have a date planned to go to this bar and he texts her or she te- she didn't hear from him, but they had a time planned and she yeah. texted him an hour before and said, hey, just making sure we're cool to meet in an hour. And then she started to walk towards the bar and it was like 10 minutes before they were supposed to meet. He texts her, oh, my God, sorry, I just got into a car accident. I can't make it. And she was like, oh, my God, are you OK? And he's like, yeah, it was just a fender bender. So then they make a plan for the next week. They put a time on the fort to meet at the bar. He doesn't show up and she texts him another car accident question mark. (laughs) He doesn't respond. So he just straight up stood her up. 
Oh, God. And then she gets a text two days ago. This happened in February, two days ago. Hey, so sorry. Forgot to text you. Got COVID. Anyway, how are you? What's going on? Ha ha. What? Literally, he fakes a car accident. I don't believe he was ever in a car accident. No, I don't either. (laughs) He stands her up. And then three months later, like, I think he might have been maybe fucking someone else and then just bailed on my friend. And then they broke up and he was like, let's go back into the archives. That's exactly what happened. I was like, what did you say? She's like, I didn't respond. I was like, I, I want to respond to this guy. I want to be like, in what world do you think <laughs> I say that? In what world do you think a girl would respond to that? But in my darkest days, I probably would have. <laughs> I 1000% would in that world, in my world. But yeah, I'm like, I'm home eating gummy bears in my bed. I'm like, oh, I'm really not doing much. Not much has changed over here, sir. I mean, I just, so he bold. had to scroll back is- very far. Like he had to scroll, yeah. unless he's a loser and it's like, doesn't text a lot of people clearly. See, I would have either not responded, which I actually do think is the better call, or just like completely leaned into big, oh my God, that's so scary. That's like such a serious case for it to last this long. Like, are you okay? Well, she has a boyfriend now. So she's like, I've literally had two boyfriends since this guy uh, didn't respond to me. (laughs) Like, uh, I'm busy. Like, she literally lives with the guy she's dating now. I, But I was like, can we respond to him and be like, what the how are you so unhinged (laughs) and then I was laughing because I was like obviously so she didn't respond and then I wonder if in his head after she didn't respond he was like maybe that's weird because obviously everyone you know talk about shooting your shot everyone shoots their shot but that is like you're gonna go you're gonna go back to a girl you literally stood up and then you're gonna say you got COVID and three months later circle back to see if she wants to go out with you. Yeah. That is such a mentally unwell person that well, I was like, thank God he stood you so up. Much attention. Yeah. Thank God she never met him. Yeah. I feel like another good response to things like that is just a simple question mark where it's just like, hmm? I, I really want to, cause she was only, she came over, uh, Sunday morning. And I was like, can we call him? I'm so curious about this guy. She was like, not everything's a bit Hannah. I'm like, this is a bit. Yeah. I wouldn't even want to be hyperbolic, but I literally don't think I've ever heard of it working out that way where like months later you come back and it was just like, Oh, it was a misconnection, especially after shit like that. Like you stand somebody up, just, just move on. Just continue on. Like, don't go back into the archives. And it's also like they never met. Yeah. They had never met and they didn't exchange that much for there to be a deep connection. They didn't even talk on the phone. Well, points for confidence, but also just like, oh, gross. Yeah. She was, whatever happened to the guy that stood you up? And I was like, which one? I was gonna say, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. You're going to have to really get specific on that one because <laughs> I've got a list. She was like that Australian guy. I was like, again, you're going to need to be more specific. Oh God. But yeah, the uh the guest today, you know, this is kind of a two-parter. I did it alone. He's he's very, very funny. He's a comic in New York, Danny Palmer. We missed you. I bet. What are you eating? Atkins bar. <laughs> I take it you're still single. <laughs> Massively single, Hannah. 
Yeah, I haven't seen you in so long. I know. It's nice to see you. You look great. Oh, thanks. I, it's so funny. Yesterday, I texted Danny, can you do the podcast tonight? And he responded, yeah. And then responded, wait, can I be high? <laughs> and I was like, on what substance? You know, because if it was cocaine, I'm like, yeah, my podcast isn't about pitching business ideas. So I don't want you on <laughs> cocaine on my podcast because I don't want to have to hear your great ideas for a screenplay. But you said weed. So I was like, oh, that's fine. And then you thought it'd be triggering. The thing is, I did smoke weed. I'm not, I'm like totally sober now, but I did smoke weed. But weed was never, I didn't like weed enough. You know what I mean? Like when I see someone drinking, I'm like, Ugh, I would love a glass of wine, but seeing weed or someone high, I'm never like, oh, I wish I was paranoid right now. You know, you don't get, you don't get the euphoria part of it. No, no, I, I really get paranoid. One time I FaceTimed my friend and I told her someone was in my apartment and she was like, no, I called my friend. I said, someone is in my apartment. She said, well, why don't we FaceTime and you can go through your whole apartment with me? And I said, well, I've already been through the apartment. And she was like, okay, so where the fuck do you think this person is? <laughs> I was like, I don't know. I think it's a ghost that crept through the walls. <laughs> so Danny, um, you're 45. Yeah. And you, Danny is the ultimate bachelor. Never been married, never been engaged. Correct. And you usually date younger girls, not illegally young, but you date younger girls. I do. Why do you think you go for younger women? You know, I'm not trying to make you feel bad or anything, but it no. is like a trend of guys who date younger women. And I guess I want to know why. I think, you know, I mean, I think the main thing for me has been that I moved to New York to do stand up in my 30s. Most people go chase their dreams in their 20s. So now I'm like out at comedy clubs and with comics that are usually in their 20s at that time. And then the audience members are typically younger than older. So my whole like milieu, social milieu is like younger people to a large extent because of stand up. I mean, that's not a complete reason, but I, I think it's a big part of it, honestly. I guess I get that. So then wh what were you doing in your 20s? Um, dating girls in their twenties. He's <laughs> <laughs> so not like you were. It's not like you were cougar hunting. You weren't like, yeah, I was just really settling down with a forty-five-year-old woman at twenty-two, and then I realized that I changed. But no, I meant like for your career. Where were like where oh, were you? I was in Atlanta doing corporate recruiting. And then you after... started stand up in Atlanta. Yeah. Okay, so I guess that does make sense. But do you also think that dating younger women, there's less pressure so you can do stand-up? Because a woman, like, in her 40s is like, I don't want a guy who's doing stand-up at night. Yeah, definitely. I mean, also, a lot of the women in their 40s from my peer group are, like, living out in the burbs and have, you know, a family. So, like, my peer group isn't necessarily as readily available as people in their 20s and 30s. Yeah. Well, I guess I ask, and it's not to be... I don't mean to be offensive or I don't, I don't mean care. in a mean way, but I meant like, like as a girl, I'm like, I'm scared that I'm going to get 40 and then everyone's going to move out to the suburbs. And I'm not because a woman in her forties isn't like going after guys in their twenties. Cause that's just not how that works either. Mm. Right. So, yeah. but you don't have that fear at all. Or do you just not want kids? Do you not want a family or do you? I don't know. I think that I do. If it was with the right woman, I think that I would, but I, I kind of have to be talked into it a little bit, but I, I, I'm open to it. it. It sounds, it doesn't, I mean, David Letterman had a kid when he was like in his fifties or sixties. So like, it can't happen. That's true. Steve Martin's like 85 and has a four-year-old kid. Are Maybe you serious? that's, let me look, let me, how old is Steve Martin? I'm going to guess he's like 73. Steve Martin is 75 years old. Oh. And I believe his daughter, cause I saw him at La Paine and his daughter was Steve Martin. Is she like kid. really hot? 
No, she's like seven. Oh, <laughs> sorry. They had a kid in 2012, so she's nine. She's, so she's 75, 75 with a, a nine-year-old. That's crazy. But that I guess that could be you. <laughs> it could be me. I'm not averse to it, but also like I don't. I feel like my sperm are probably deteriorating at a rapid rate due to my comedic lifestyle. That's true. <laughs> if I trust them. You're going to be forgetting how to walk while she learns how to walk. That's how that's going to happen. <laughs> exactly. I'm going to die at her high school graduation. <laughs> Which honestly, you know, those are so boring anyway. <laughs> it's kind of a go. good time to go. You're like, I don't really want to do the dance recitals and the theater performances in high school. I don't really want to go to a chorus concert. So I'm just going to die. It's probably better for it's me anyways. Smart. I don't want to have to listen to my daughter get STDs in college. So I'm just going to kill myself. <laughs> I'll die before she starts banging a bunch of dudes in college. Yeah, exactly. Before she brings home a guy named Chad. That's that's so funny. You do really live the comedic boy lifestyle. Yeah, it's fun. But I do sometimes I'm like, I let, you know, usually I'm asleep alone. And then when I'm like trying to fall asleep, I'm like, what are you doing, dude? You're just sitting here in your little apartment. But then other nights I'm like, oh, this is great. The world is my oyster. I get to go out with my friends and do whatever. So like it's kind of a balancing act, you know? or yin and that's yang. true i mean i guess either way even if you were married and had kids you would have nights where you're like i wish i was alone i wish i could do my own thing and then nights where it would be nice to have a wife and kids so it's yeah. just probably grass always greener but i recently read an article and by that i mean my friend read the article and told me about it and <laughs> she said that it said the nuclear family was ruining america because people feel like they have to get married and have to have kids and so they so people feel this pressure and then they force themselves into relationships that don't really work. And then they have kids out of that, which creates problems for the kids. Because if you, if your parents are not happy, it's, you're definitely like going to have problems too. And I'm not like in my parents' basement in Bismarck, North Dakota. Like I'm in New York. I have social skills. I have a group of friends here. Like I'm not living a traditional, you know, mid forties lifestyle running around Manhattan. You know what I mean? Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. But you enjoy yourself. You make it look fun. Thanks. Because you do whatever you want. Yeah, exactly. Sarah Silverman has this joke where she says, the only thing I like more than kids is doing whatever I want, whenever I want. <laughs> and I always think about that because I'm like, that's so true. I see people now my age getting married and getting pregnant and having kids. And I'm like, fuck, that seems so miserable. Right. I've read this interview with Seth Rogen. I actually read it. Not my friend sent it to me. But he said he, he said that uh, him and his wife thought about the fact that if they don't have kids, they may have a few years of their life where they're regretting not having kids. But if they have kids and it's a mistake, then they're going to spend the rest of their life, all of their years being unhappy. So that trade off didn't make sense to them to have kids. Yeah. My cousin and her husband just decided not to have kids. Yeah. Because they, they thought the responsibility of creating a human was too much. I feel that way too. Like I, I have anxiety and depression. I'm obviously going to pass that on. Um, my friend and I joke all the time. We're like, well, if we don't have kids, I was like, if I don't have a kid by the time I'm 32, I'll have a kid with you. And you know, he's been to rehab. I've been to rehab. So it's like, we'd have to have a rehab fund, not a college fund, a rehab fund just for the <laughs> child where it's like, do you need to make that in the world? Now there's three problems instead of two. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> It's like, <laughs> we're all going. It's a family. We, do we get a group rate here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everyone goes to Disneyland, like season passes, and we just have a rehab. Yeah. You got your own cabin at the facility. That's funny. No, but I no, do. I don't mean to sound like, oh, you're this loser who lives in their basement. I just, I meant like, you don't seem 45 to me and not, not in a bad way. It's just like, you don't, 
um, you're always down to party. Like the funny, still the funniest thing you've ever said to me was I wasn't drinking. You know, I tr- I've tried to get sober multiple times. And one time I wasn't drinking and it was New Year's and Danny was like, come to this club. We've got bottle service. And I was like, oh, I can't. I'm sober. And Danny goes, but it's New Year's. <laughs> <laughs> As if AA is like, yes, I have 200 days minus my birthday and New Year's, <laughs> but those don't count. Come on. They're big holidays. Fuck this program <laughs> for one fucking night. Yeah. And your sister has kids, right? That's what you said. Yeah, she has two. I have two nephews. See, my brother's going to have kids. And I think that would be enough for me, too, because then you yeah. have access to kids, but you're not responsible if they're fucked up. Exactly. I can be fun. Uncle Danny, you know? <laughs> Uncle Danny, you're literally full house. Oh, oh there's a, there's an Uncle really Danny on full there's house. There's an Uncle Danny, right? Isn't that is Joey Ramone or whatever the fuck his name is? Not Joey Ramone. Uh, John Stamos. John Stamos. Ah, see. John I'm Stamos, John, baby. I'm the real life John Stamos, although he's real life. Do you have a like? My guy friend once said, after three months is when he loses steam with a girl. A hundred percent. That's so funny because it's because he also dates younger girls and he's like, it's a three month. It's a three month mark where I know I'm going to lose steam and it happens every time. And do you have that, too? Yes. Yes. I can think of like two specific examples, like right at around three months. Yeah, it's true. And that's funny because my boyfriend and I broke up around three months. What do you think it is at three months that you're like, this isn't for me? I think it's like like the novelty wears off a bit. I mean, three months is still kind of a long time. And, you know, if you're like spending a lot of time together. And I don't know, you've usually had sex at that point. You've usually had sex like several times. So maybe that lure isn't quite as strong. You're like, we've tried every position. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) I usually get in little arguments around like the two to three month mark, you know, like little little things here and there will arise and not be great. And then it's like, well, fuck it. I don't need this because I can go, you know, live my single lifestyle. I don't need like this combative relationship as part of my life. I'm I'm. Quick, quicker to cut bait than I probably would be if I got married and I was like 27. But do you and the think the girl's quicker to cut bait too? I'm not saying it's just me. Yeah, but when you start to fight, is it you pushing them away? You think because it's like out of the honeymoon phase. So now you're like, oh, sinking in. This is what a relationship is, where you have to work with each other, and you're like, fuck it, I don't want to do this. Yeah, it very well could be. I usually, I usually don't like when a woman like she maintains relationships with her exes, like they're still in her life. And it takes a while to like kind of parse that out when you start to date somebody. But then once I, I can think of two examples where I've, you know, figured that out. And then I'm like, I don't, I don't like this at all. I just, it's just like the opposite of romantic to me. If your exes are part of your life. Yeah. Because they are keeping a door open somehow. Exactly. Exactly. If she yeah. gets in a fight with me, who's she going to go run and cry to? Probably the ex who knows her better than others. Like, I don't like that. And one of them had financial ties with an ex. I was like, no, like they had investment property together or something. Oh, that's like, a lot. Because then, yeah, that's, but I'm going to say, if it's an investment property in a good spot, you could have gotten a benefit off of that. That's true. God damn it. I could have got 20% of that at one day. Yeah, you could have been fucking his girl in his home. Oh, that's the ultimate revenge. Speaking of that, I dated this girl for a long time. We broke up. She got married. And I was always had this like crushing kind of envy of that guy. But I feel like over time, now the tables have turned. Now I'm like, you know, the bad guy who's like single and in New York and I, I probably shouldn't talk about this too much, but I just feel like the tables have turned on me being like, oh, I suck. I'm out in the cold versus now it's like eh, it kind of worked out pretty well. You know what I mean? I probably yeah. should have brought that up. <laughs> no, I get what you're saying where it's like, you know, I'm 29. And so it, around 30 is when people start changing their lifestyle of like getting into a serious relationship, moving in, 
and to not feel a part of that movement is scary. But then to your point right now, it's like, this is this time now, but then when divorces happen and people get single, like everything changes just because every, right now it feels like everyone's getting married or settling down. It doesn't mean that's going to be forever. Now I'm seeing people get married and I used to be like the divorce rate's 50%. And then I'm seeing people get married. I'm like, it's only 50%. What is the like desired divorce rate? It's probably much higher than 50. You think? Maybe, maybe like add 10% or something. I mean, just because you don't sign papers doesn't mean you're having a great time. That's I mean, very true. You know what I mean? When I go on dates with guys, they'll be like, well, you know how it's not natural to be with one person the rest of your life. And I just think that's such a funny thing to say on a date. Like, you know how this is probably never going to be us forever, even if we really <laughs> like each other. Yeah. See, it's not romantic. Same as keeping the exes in your life. It's just not romantic. But the thing is, I had a whirlwind romance. You know, I had that passion, that like excitement and that blew up into flames. So it's like, you know, I like the excitement in the beginning, but that's that can be toxic. Yeah. Then you're addicted to that and then it's always going to go away. Yeah, but kind of you're, you're saying that happens to you, too. If it's three months, you're addicted to the high of it. Yep. Yep. I, and I love the like, I mean, I guess it sounds douchey, but I don't know. I just love the initial like chase and not even chase, but just like the kind of mental tango of like, does she like me? Can I convince her to go out with me? Is she flirting back? Like that whole like initial part. I really enjoy it because it's very like mentally stimulating. The chase. Yeah. Do you see a therapist? No, I probably should though. I, I did in Atlanta, but I haven't long in a long time. No, you're right. I I would like to be in a serious long term relationship with the right person, but I just don't, it's hard to find that person. It's for me. so especially in New York. Right, exactly. People move to New York for a career. So a relationship is usually secondary. Yeah. And then if it's the second you smell trouble in the water, all you do is like walk outside of your apartment, turn left, and there's six bars with forty good looking people in each. What bars are you going to? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I guess I haven't really been going to bars. I went to like one bar this weekend with people, but and I was like, are these people uglier or am I just sober now? Probably the, the lights were on. I was like, oh warmer. my God. <laughs> do, you, but, do you like going to bars sober? I mean, is it still? Well, I haven't really been going closet? to bars. I've been to like yeah. a couple bars or whatever, but I do right now. I think I like going anywhere because of COVID and then, you know, rehab was pretty isolating. So I'm like, let's go wherever. But I wouldn't go to a bar at like midnight. That's about the time people start to get really, really drunk. And I don't want to hear the same story twice. <laughs> right. I went in this boat that had hot tubs on the 4th of July. I saw that. <laughs> oh, my God. And my friend, there was this group of girls in the other hot tub. And one of my friends, I didn't know this, unbeknownst to me, she told one of the girls that it was my birthday. And after the boat came back to shore, this girl comes up to me and I can tell she was pretty wasted. She goes, hey, happy birthday. And I was like, oh, thank you. I was like, it's not my birthday. And five minutes later, she came back over and goes, happy birthday. <laughs> like, dude. I mean, you know what? You. At least she was a sweet drunk. Yeah, she, exactly. She was forgetful, but she remembered it was your birthday. <laughs> exactly. A thoughtful drunk. Was she hitting on you? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> what? Another funny thing you've said to me, Danny, is you were like, uh, I've accepted we're never going to hook up. <laughs> begrudgingly accepted <laughs> but then at the same time you're still like you know you're still a good friend thanks i thought you were gonna say i'm still in the mix you said a good friend I'm still in the mix danny i said <laughs> i quit drinking all right maybe on a relapse maybe on a relapse i'll yeah. hit you up hit me up on your worst day <laughs> i'll be like i'm in this gutter get over here <laughs> come on it's great 
um, do you feel like you're broken up with more? Like you always kind of have a different girl with you. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. I mean, not, but th- I that's not an insult. Word. That's not, yeah. that's kind of a compliment. Cause you can yeah. get a lot of girls. Thank you. There usually is an argument and then we just like stop talking versus like a formal breakup. Cause it's, cause it's short. Cause it's shorter. It's not like you need to like a formal sit down after three years. If it's only a few months and it's kind of off and on that you, or usually it's that it's like off and on we'll date then we'll not date. Then we'll hit each other back up then we'll date again. So you like to keep the door open. Yeah. I, yeah, I definitely have girls that are like kind of just remain in my life at different times, you know, Danny's rotation. <laughs> I know it sounds douchey, but I, I, don't, I don't think I'm a douche. I, I just think it's like, I don't know. I, I just tend to have an ability to get along with multiple people over the time. I don't know. Does that sound boastful? I don't know. It just no, kind of no, works no, for no, me. No, it doesn't. I would, have, I would have a string of dudes if I didn't have herpes. You know, that really sets you back. <laughs> you can't really have guys you go back to. You have to be like, oh, by the way. So it's- But they might have gotten it t- since then too. <laughs> yeah, I'm oh, not God, willing though. to put myself- <laughs> I'm not willing to take that risk, even though it's a only it's a one in three shot. I've got I got a pretty good shot. No, but how many times do you think you've been heartbroken? I would say just one where we dated for like almost four years. That girl that's married now. Um, <clears throat> and then I mean, this girl, uh, I guess I shouldn't say her name. I, another girl in Atlanta. I was kind of heartbroken over her. I would say probably like three, three to five times. Oh, actually, I thought of another one. There was a girl. There was a girl who's a comic you're that fucking ripped by women. I know, right? <laughs> you're like there three a... to four, ten times. <laughs> there was a, there was a girl that I dated who was a comic. We shouldn't say her name, but we dated for a short period of time. But then I, when she she cut it off of me, I just remember I was in Times Square. I was working at Ann Taylor, and I just remember walking down Forty Second Street, like googling breakup articles, because I was like, I am not handling this well. I need some like help, like right now. So like that was definitely heartbreaking. So probably like she was working at Ann Taylor. I was. What were you doing at Ann Taylor? Uh, corporate recruiting. Oh, I thought you were like, I thought you were working at the Times Square Ann Taylor and she came in to go shopping and you were like. Oh, right. Sorry. Yeah. It was at their headquarters. Their headquarters are at Broadway and 42nd. Oh, I was like, yeah, that'd be tough if she was shopping with her new boo. And you were like, what size do you need, ma'am? Oh, wait, I already know because your pants are on my fucking floor. <laughs> How do you, what is your process of getting over a breakup? Like, did you find a good article when you were looking for articles? How'd you end up doing <laughs> I, man, that's a good question. I'm not, I'm not sure what articles I found. I'm trying to think of how I got over that one. I mean, I was, I was, it was super painful. It was just a very intense relationship. So I'm not sure. I think that I just did kind of the traditional thing about trying to focus on other interests and other things and to pull, I don't even know. I don't, I don't know that I did a good job of it. I mean, we argued for like two years after that. So it was weird. We dated for like two or three months and then we argued for two years. I've never had that in my life. But that kind of makes sense crazy? to me. Yeah. How because, so? that you, because you still had feelings for each other, but you knew mm. it was never going to work and you care. And if you're around them, you're probably going to fight. And the more you fight, the more you're going to be angry at them because you're resentful of the last fight. So it just kind of builds and you think the relationship is over because it's technically over, but you're still around each other. And that it's like you're saying when a girl still communicates with her ex because the relationship isn't over then because there's still communication because oh my God. You, you've never I've no one has ever crystallized that for me because it, it always confused me why that happened. But that makes perfect sense. Yeah, because eventually you don't care enough to do it. And that's how the relationship ends. But you clearly liked her so much. Even the contact with her was exciting on some level because you're still in contact with her. 
Yep. Yep. Well, that's the thing with dating comedians. It's like, it sucks because also you, it's not, it's also like the relationship was still there because you can't avoid someone. That's why they say don't shit where you eat. Dating. Exactly. Then you're, yeah, it's all fun and games. So you break up and then you run into them at a fucking bar show in Avenue A and she's being talked to by another comic and it hurts, you know? Yeah. I mean, by another guy. I mean, well, did she ever <laughs> do jokes about you? Yeah, she did. Hers was good. I feel like a joke. If I a comic did a joke about me, the only reason why it would bother me if, is if it was good. <laughs> because then I'd be like, fuck, like I gave them a joke. Yeah, right. It's not even like, oh, I'm mad what they're saying about me. I'm mad that I gave them something. <laughs> right. I enriched their material. That would piss me off. <laughs> That's why I only fuck horrible stand-ups. So I know they can't write a joke about me. It's just going like, to be a oh, shitty Yeah, joke. you're never going to do that on late night, bitch. <laughs> that joke's going nowhere. Like, I'm very nervous to get back into stand-up. You should not be nervous. You're a killer comic. Well, that's very nice. But it's anything. I, I feel nervous when I go to a, I went to a Fourth of July party and I felt nervous being around people, I guess, because I'm sober, too. So it's like I don't even have that ease of alcohol. But like I've always had social anxiety, but right now it's heightened. I've always had anxiety around doing well in stand up, but now it's heightened because I haven't been doing it. Right. If there's any consolation, I feel like after a year of not doing it, I would have times when I wouldn't perform for like two to three weeks. And then I'd have a set and it would go pretty well. And I'd be like, oh, so wait, so I don't have to perform every night to still have decent sets. And I think it's because we've, we've been doing it for so long that it's still like, it's like riding a bike to some extent. I mean, you're not gonna be like, you know, ready to do a special day one, but you can still like kill without ha with having gaps in between performing. Yeah, I guess there is that excitement behind it of like not yeah. doing it. I guess we'll find out Friday. Do you think people are more sensitive right now or not at all? No. I don't think there's really, I asked somebody this other day, I was like, do you think there's a detectable difference in how the audiences are now? And they were like, no, they want to be part so of the So have you been picking up girls at stand-up shows? Um, yes. Are you seeing someone? No, I'm not seeing someone. There's a couple girls in my orbit right now, I, go, I would say. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know many women who say orbit. <laughs> it's kind of a vain term, right? I'm in the center and then these <laughs> things are rotating around me. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a narcissistic term. Right. I never thought about that before. But you know what? You might be in another girl's orbit and you don't even know it. Uh, I'm sure I am. Do you ever feel like that where you're like, I'm not the only guy this girl's dating? Yes, 100%. Whenever the girl on a first date keeps her phone down uh, where you can't see the screen, I'm always like, I bet she's worried some guy's going to text her on this first date with me. You know, or I'll, I'll date a girl for a while and the phone's up and then we'll we'll hit some rough patches and then when we go out, the phone's down. Oh, why is it down now? That's interesting. Hmm. That's how you tell if a girl's fucking other guys is if her phone is if the screen is down versus up. I mean, I know that's too broad of a generalization, but I feel I feel like there could be some kernels of truth there sometimes. No, I'm saying you know? that could be personally. I keep my, I always keep my phone down because, you know, I have all my notifications on for everything. So if it pops up, it's just so distracting. Like my eyes immediately go to it. So if I get a notification from CoStar or whatever, I either don't have my phone out or I'll put it down just because I'll constantly be my eyes will constantly go towards my phone. And that would be so distracting and seem so rude. But if you notice that when you hit a rough patch, the phone is down, then that's definitely a sign. Right. Yeah. Because she doesn't want to start another fight on top of the fights we're currently having. <laughs> but what do you fight about the most? Through. Do you think you fight the most about um, 
exes. Yeah, probably the, the maintaining relationships with exes or like if they try to keep like a barrier. Like I, I dated this one girl recently and she just I don't know how much I want to say, but she didn't include me in her or in her world. In her the, orbit. I know. I just seriously, I was just using that twice. Like the people that she knows here. I understand why, because she had moved here recently and didn't want to mix worlds just yet. But I, I don't know. It just hurt my feelings. I don't know. I'm like, well, why can't I? Wait, she didn't I, want I, you to meet her friends? Yeah. I'm like, I introduced you to my friends and welcomed you. But why can't? And she's like, well, I don't want to go into it too much. But yeah, like that kind of stuff. Like, you know, other. it's all about other people <laughs> usually. Um, no, that makes a lot of sense. Um, and th- my friend always says that when I'm like, oh, I'm kind of seeing this guy. She'll be like, has he introduced you to his friends? And I'm like, Jesus Christ. But it is a sign if they're not. Yeah. And I know I'm not saying that I'm right and that I should have met all her like people that she knows here immediately. But like, I just can't. That's just a weakness on my part. Like, I, I don't like that. <laughs> I don't even think it's a weakness. I think that's fair. Yeah, I think right? it's fair that if someone's not introducing you to their friends, they're showing you what you are to them. Exactly. Like we, we would meet on Sundays and go to like brunch or whatever. And then, you know, I'm telling her about my weekend and people that she's met. And then she tells me about her weekend. It's all people I haven't met. And it would just get annoying. I'm like, why, why would I care about X or Y when I've never even met them? Oh, great. Cool. I'll just envision this, this fuzzy person in my head for a half hour while you tell me what, what shitty thing they did last night. But in that situation, did you call her out? Did you ask, why don't you want me to meet her friends? Oh, you yeah. did. You straight up like asked. several times. And then I told her I was over it. And then I wasn't over it. <laughs> You told her that you were over her or over that she wasn't introducing you? The latter. I was like, I get it. You know, you moved here recently. It's too soon to do all that. And I'm older than her. I'm like, I get it. But then like a week later, she's like, you just got mad about the same thing again. And I'm like, I guess I wasn't over it then. I'm sorry. Yeah. I thought I was over, but I wasn't. You know, I tried to be over it, but I did not succeed at trying. I always do that. I'm like, I'm, I'm not actually mad, but I'm literally seething underneath. Right. You want to do the right thing, but it's hard. But have you read the book Attached? No. It, it talks about different, the attachment theories. People have, there are three types of attachments that people can be. You can either be anxious, avoidant, or secure. So anxious, you're basically the victim in the relationship constantly. You know, you suspect that they're cheating on you or like, why aren't you texting me back? Or you're constantly thinking about it. You put off work thinking about them. You, you put your friends second. The more they pull away, the more you grab on. And then an avoidant person is once they see that the relationship is going somewhere, they push you away. And um, so an anxious and an avoidant person are the worst combination because if you're anxious, then you're holding on and that's pushing them away more. And that's making you more anxious. Right. And then the third type is secure. Like they're very secure with themselves. So they're not, if someone doesn't like them, it's not their problem and they have standards. And if that person doesn't meet it, they can say goodbye. A lot of people don't like the book because it puts people into boxes where it's like three boxes where you're like, well, I'm, I'm sometimes anxious, sometimes avoidant, depends on the relationship. But I like the book because it shows you, like I was texting with this guy and I, I could feel myself being anxious. Like I was talking about it to my friend and then I stopped myself and I was like, you know what, let's change the subject because this is a waste of my time and it's a waste of your time. And if it's not going to work out, it's not going to work. You know, it's like a good way of checking yourself. I but, love that. It's, yeah. smart. it's a smart way to look at it. Not not all encapsulating, as you mentioned, but it gives a fr- like a framework to think about it, right? Yeah. And like, of course, too, if you really like someone, you're not going to be like, oh, I got to be secure. Like, let's go back to the bullet points. Like your emotions will always win. But if you don't like that the person that much in the beginning, I guess that's why it's better to move slow because you can like slowly see how you're feeling in the relationship as opposed to like getting attached. Right. 
but I tend to move really quickly in relationships just because I'm impatient. And I'm like, okay, well, we met and we like each other. Let's just get married now. <laughs> well, I understand. I, I asked some girl in the audience the other night. I was like, she, I was like, what do you look, what do you look for in a guy? And she was like 24 and she was like, stability or security. And I'm like, why do you want stability and security? That's such, like, why do you want to get married? What is the desire for the lifelong attachment that you just expressed? Like, well, did why? you ask her what she did for a living? No. Because maybe she doesn't want to work. And I'm not saying that's all women at all, but there are <laughs> she women. She said commitment. Sorry. She said commitment. Uh, that's different then. Stability is different than commitment. True. Because I feel like in New York, they like to keep their options open or keep an orbit, as you say, you know? <laughs> they like a rotation. So she's probably like, I don't want a guy who's going to be like, I don't really know what I'm looking for right now. That's the, right. that is the most annoying fucking statement a guy, a, a person could say. I shouldn't say it's just guys. I don't know what I'm looking for right now is saying, I'm not looking for you right now. Yeah, I don't know means you ain't it. The only thing that's certain is it's not you. I had a guy one time tell me he was like, we were kind of dating. And then he was like kind of blowing me off. And I, I texted him and I go, you know, what? I'm really sick of you blowing me off. This is really hurtful. And he was like, I don't have a job right now. I can't have a girlfriend. And I just don't want to disappoint you. Two weeks later, he had a girlfriend. Oh, but now we're just friends. And I'm thankful he did that because I, it took me a bit to like get over it, but I'm not, I don't like him. Yeah. At first I was like, wow, that's really good communication. And then you blew it by two weeks later, getting a girlfriend. Mm -hmm. Even no matter how nice you let someone down, you're letting someone down. How do you know that he got a girlfriend two weeks later? Like, how did you get privy to that information? Because we had mutual friends. Uh, so my friend, I met him through a friend because she worked at his company and she set us up. So maybe it wasn't commitment though. Maybe, maybe he was just seeing her. No, no, no. they dated for a long time. Like we're like pretty good <laughs> friends now. So they dated for a while. They did for like five years. Would you ever um, ask him what, why he said that to you and then did that? Um, no, because I didn't want to know why he rejected me. I was yeah. like, tell me my flaws that pushed you away. Have you seen Ellie Colbert's tweet about that? It's so great. She's like, she's like, I don't know why people hate on ghosting so much. She's like, if you don't like me, I don't want to hear the detailed reasons why. Just go, dude. <laughs> That's so true. Right? You're like, I don't know. Your breath kind of stunk. So <laughs> Jesus, just say you're busy. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe clean your fingernails, Hannah. It's like, I don't, I don't want to hear this. Ghosting feels like a pussy move, but it, it's, it's not. Yeah. Because it's what do you say to someone? I don't know. I'm not attracted to you physically. Maybe hit the gym and call me later. Yeah. I mean, there's no real good way to do it. Like my company's like, they have a, a disclaimer on the bottom. And when we send rejection letters, they're like, we cannot provide interview, interview feedback, which I don't know if I completely agree with that, but I get the spirit of it. It's like, what you want to tell somebody how, how, where they've, you know, what their flaws are or where their, their shortcomings are. And then be like, take care. Here's why you suck. Take care. Like, it's kind of shitty. Just, all right, it's not working out. Let's just, let's just call it. And I think that saves you from a lawsuit. You know what I mean? Because yeah, that's probably the main like, reason. That's yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. yeah like, I, right. sorry, we don't need another woman in the office. We don't need someone <laughs> yip yapping all over the phone. Last thing we need. <laughs> we go so be shrill somewhere else. What's the worst you've ever been rejected? Well, I mean that that recent one from COVID times. The girl just like, oh yeah, that's probably it actually. Because she was like, hey, um, she texted me. She's like, hey, I'm near your place. Mind if I stop by and say hi? And I was like, oh sure. And then she comes up and I'm like, hey, what's up? And she goes, and she kind of like, she stood up and like, wasn't like her body was real stiff. And I'm like, what the fuck? And she's like, I just want to let you know that um, I think this is working out and I'm going to go back home to California and um, I have a flight tomorrow. And I was like, 
I mean, it's one thing to be like, I don't think it's working out, but it's another thing to be like, I'm moving to the other coast in less than 24 hours. <laughs> I actually signed up to join the military. Yeah. <laughs> I'm joining first... ISIS. Yeah. My parents just told me about this movie. I forget what it's called. Shit. I want to text my dad. Um, it was a movie that was filmed in COVID about a girl who, it's based off a true story, how guys and men in ISIS will start a romantic relationship, basically. And they'll be like, meet us here at this location and then we'll go away together. And that's how they recruit people into ISIS. And the story followed this one girl and she was leaving her boyfriend. My dad just casually dropped that. She was like, yeah, she's living with her boyfriend. So she wanted to go to ISIS. And I was like, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> she was living with a man and then was about to join ISIS. <laughs> like she already had a boyfriend, but she was like, I don't know. This ISIS one sounds a little more. There's a bigger apartment awaiting me. Yeah. Did they kidnap them? I guess. I don't know. I haven't seen the movie, so uh, I'm not sure how it works after that. But I guess the initial recruitment is based on a romantic relationship. I mean, not the worst strategy. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> we just come <laughs> up as pro ISIS on your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true. I mean, the sad p- thing is, I think men are also very lonely, but women, right? They want love and, you know, relationships. And even my friend's dad who works, my friend's dad works for the FBI and he was saying that this woman at his office was sending money to this guy in Egypt because he was pretending to be a king who loved her. And they were like, we have to fire you if you're going to keep giving him information because you're using our computers at home. And she was like crying and she was like, but we're together. And like, he loves me. And it was just a very sad situation because she, she truly believed that there was a man out there who was going to come see her eventually when she gave him more money, enough money, even though she had already given him thousands of dollars. And it's just so sad. But like, I mean, you know, I, I'm living in a studio. I'm, I'm like, once I have the only thing missing from me sending a man in Egypt money is me having money, to be honest. <laughs> once you get it, it's going out there. Yeah, I'm like, oh, you can do that. But I guess I guess guys do that, too, because they order mail order brides. But in that situation, the women show up. Yeah, at least you get the girl, not just a false promise. Wait, yeah. the guy, the girl didn't work in the, for the FBI, did she? Or maybe it was CIA, FBI, CIA. They're like, I, they work in the government. Yeah, she did. Oh, She's that like a sucks. Computer coder, but basically, they like figured out what she was doing because she was using a work computer. And they were like, you can't be doing this from a work computer. And also, you shouldn't be doing this for your own self. Speaking of that, did you, do you know the story about Rachel Nichols at ESPN? No. It's a really interesting story. So she's like a white reporter. And there's another woman. I think her, her name is Maria Taylor, who's a black woman. And they're both. We're going to do the NBA sideline reporting for the finals. And they took the assignment away from the white lady and gave it to the black lady. And then the white lady did like a Zoom call like this. And it was recorded on ESPN servers. And then employees had access to it. And she's like, I wish Maria Taylor all the best, but don't take away what I've earned from me because you're getting pressure about diversity. ESPN has never been a supporter of diversity. I can attest to that as a, as a woman. And then that got out to everybody. And then Maria Taylor was like, don't put me on the air with her and didn't want to talk to her about it. And then now it's like this big controversy. But that, those servers will fuck you if you work for a company. Wow. It's a really interesting story. I'll send you the link if you want to read it. And so is that is Rachel now... Obviously, she's fired from ESPN. She's not fired from ESPN because what she said wasn't like, well, I guess it's arguable whether or not it was a fireable offense. But then if they fire her, she could say, well, you're being sexist again. I don't know. I, I think ESPN is still figuring it out. But 
if you fire her, then she could go in a diatribe against them for, you know, there's, I don't know. It's complicated. But anyways, I didn't mean to change the subject, but no, it's, I mean, it's really not. It's, um, I guess this all came out of the woman who left you to move back to California. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> During fire season. She's like, I'm moving back to California. <laughs> During fire season. But meanwhile, we've stayed in touch and she's coming to visit shortly. So like, you know, she's coming sometimes to you just got to wait it out. And she's coming to stay with you? Uh, no, but she... <laughs> I... she, she actually has a restraining order currently, but it's we're working on it. Yeah, I logged into the United Airlines system and apparently she's coming to New York. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you, well, when she moved out here, wasn't it for you? No, she had a job here, but it was in the hospitality industry and then COVID hit and like the, the place where she was working, like closed down. Oh, yeah. Then that makes sense. She went back. Right. Maybe she's falling too hard. <laughs> no, I tell myself that every night. <laughs> me too. I'm like, oh, they love me too much. They love me too much. You're just too, <laughs> you're too desirable, Hannah. Uh, my friend goes, do you think you'll see your ex-boyfriend in the city? And I was like, I haven't seen any other guy I've dated. And she goes, do you think you've not seen any other guy you've dated because they've seen you and ducked and rolled out of the location? <laughs> I was like, that's simply very possible that they're army crawling out of fucking the bodega I'm at. They're like, holy shit, I got to get out of here. But I don't really run into people. I've, I've never run into someone that I've dated. Uh, yeah, I, I did one time. I feel like I'm talking about I, I was in Atlanta. That girl, that long term relationship girl. I was at a restaurant and it just happened to be a restaurant. We had a nice, a, what do you call it? Anniversary dinner, a, a dating anniversary dinner. I took her there. I was there with my, our mutual friends like three months after we broke up and she showed up with a guy at like 10 p.m. And then she, I turned around and saw her and she saw me and then she just immediately turned around and just pushed him towards the exits. And my friends were like, turn around, turn around, don't look, don't look, don't look. But yeah, it was like, that was it, it was really heartbreaking. That's really hurtful. I know. And I, I was this close to texting her and being like, what the fuck? That was our anniversary. And my friend, thank to the, I, I always thank him. On your family. anniversary? No, but it was like the restaurant that I took her for an anniversary dinner. Oh, so she was taking another guy there like, oh, I got a great spot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It'll be even better with somebody that I actually like. Oh, my. I mean, honestly, like my last relationship turned so sour, but the amount of food locations that I got out of it, I'm like, I know some great fucking spots now. Right. But I guess I shouldn't be going to those because that's how I'm going to run into him. Now you got to find a whole new set of great spots. Or I got to find someone else to date that will take me to them. Are you dating anybody now? Is this okay to talk about? Yeah. No, I'm not. But I don't really want a boyfriend. I don't like the anxiety. Like, I, you know, you talk about liking the chase and the chase is fun. But for me, it's, it's brought on a lot of anxiety. And I don't want to feel like I'm chasing any guy. It's less fun when you're a woman. Yeah. Well, you don't have to chase, right? Because they pursue you. You would think, Danny. Thanks for bringing that up. Most women don't <laughs> have a chase. Okay. <laughs> I'm sure you're pursued quite often. You're Not hot, really. blonde, funny, young, like you're all the things. Danny. <laughs> it's funny. My uh, my friend got single after since for the first time since college. This was a little bit ago. And she was talking about this guy who she had gone out with and like they had hooked up and he wasn't calling her. And she was so confused of what happened. And she was really, really harping on it. And we were like, yeah, welcome to the dating world, bitch. You just nope. joined the game and it's not that fun. Nope. That all's fair in love and war. It's totally true. Uh, There's no romantic court. You can't prosecute a, a romantic crime. No court will hear you. I know. Love fraud, dude. It's a real fucking thing. Steal love your fraud. Heart. Yeah. 
that's kind of the relationship I was in where he was so nice and like overly affectionate, very quick, came to my dad's birthday dinner, was very forward about his feelings. And then one day just completely pulled out and was like not answering my calls. Well, he started getting mean first and then he just completely like, it was a 180 switch. And my friend was like, it's called love fraud and narcissists do it. And so what they do is they try to sink their claws into you by getting going so deep so fast and like making you be so vulnerable with them. So they feel like they have ownership of you so that when they pull away, you're still attached to them. Jesus. And that's just a real fucking thing. That's like diabolical. And the thing is, you don't even know when it's happening to you because you're like, wow, this person's really nice. This person likes me a lot. And then as soon as they pull out or they start being controlling or mean, it's like, shit, I'm being scammed. Fuck. Like it was fake. You realize that the beginning was fake. And then you're like, it's too late. You're too deep. (sighs) But the shitty thing is, I don't know if next time I'd be able to see it. Because if someone's being really nice to you and they're showing affection, it's like, I guess if it's really a lot too fast, then you know, but you know, what are you supposed to do? Push away a guy every time he's nice to you because you're afraid he's going to be a narcissist and change his whole personality. Yeah. How can you parse through someone's exact intentions in the beginning of a relationship when you don't even know them very well? Like, is that even possible? Like, yeah. Do you send DMs? Do you like DM girls to try to go out with them? Uh, I try to get their phone number versus it versus having only their Instagram. Oh, you mean like somebody that I haven't that I just I'm in. How would I get their Instagram on Instagram and you're like, oh, I want to go out with this girl. Oh, no, I have not done that. That's how you know you're 45. <laughs> oh, that's a good point. Should I start sliding in DMs more? Um, you could try. I don't know. Yeah, I guess a DM too. It's it's more risky because you could it could be screenshot and shown to someone like, look at this guy who DM me. Whereas if you get their number, you know, they're kind of interested. Then I got you- a girl's number. What? No, keep going. You got that hot tub boat. <laughs> At the end, I got a girl's number. I was proud of myself because I said, hey, can I get your number? And she goes, sure. And I go, do you want to grab drinks sometime? And she goes, sure. I was like, that's that's the right one two step. Can I get your phone number? I'm asking you out specifically for a date versus like, hey, yeah, I should get your Instagram. Then you get their Instagram. Then you send out like, nice meeting you. And then and then you somehow like, no, get the number, get the date right away. I think that's the best way to do it. Don't do you feel more respect for a guy or like more interest maybe a little bit if he gets if he says, hey, can I get your number versus, hey, can I get your Instagram? Guys don't really ask for my Instagram. Like I don't get hit on in person. Hmm. You need to start drinking again and go out to bars with me. We'll fix that. <laughs> it's New Year's Eve. <laughs> the reason why I don't, the guys don't ask for my number is because I'm so hammered. I'll go home with them immediately. And they're like, <laughs> yeah, I've seen it all. I've seen what I needed to see here. Uh, I'm not getting her number. I'm getting her an Uber away from my apartment. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm asking for her number so I can Venmo her half for this Uber ride. I'm calling her now. But I'd go out with you uh, sober, you know, see see what kind of crop I could rack in. Yeah. I don't know, but I've also been told I'm not that approachable. But it's like, how how does one become approachable? Yeah, I. that's interesting. Are you approachable? I, I probably was intimidated. I mean, you're pretty. I think pretty girls are intimidating to a lot of guys. You're really flattering me, Danny, and I love every <laughs> second of this. <laughs> I mean, it's true, though. And, and, you're, and you're, like, smart and direct. You know, you're not, like, oh, you're not, like, bubbly, you know? <laughs> like, I don't mean that, like, in a negative way. Like, you're not, like, hey, No, I'm not. Oh, I'm not great. bubbly. Yeah, it's, like, there's probably a few barriers to the guy feeling uh, brave enough to ask you out. So then should I be more bubbly, you think, at a bar? Maybe we do go out 
because I, I mean, I have to be sober, so, but, but we go out and you can be like, Hannah, you're not bubbly enough. I'll give you like critiques during the night and just yeah. derail your confidence even worse. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, really. I, I, you should be my coach. I'll have like okay. an earpiece and you'd be like, all right, now touch his arm. Ask oh, him I'd where he goes to the gym. I'd love to do that. What you just did is good. Playing with the hair. I feel like when a girl plays with her hair while she's talking to me, I'm like, oh, maybe she's into it. No, I, that's like a nervous tick. It's actually, I take medication to stop, but I can't help it. So I don't think that means that. I think it means she has an anxiety disorder and uh, <laughs> she's probably stay I'm away like, from that one, Danny. I'm like, wow, this chick really wants to fuck me. She's no, like, no, she's like, no, I'm just anxiety. thinking about how I'm going to die one day. Yeah, right. Yeah. But if I go out with you though, don't you think it'd be harder for guys to hit on me because I'm with a guy? Yes. hundred percent. We'd have to get two girls and you and another girl and me that because then that would be like vague enough. Or me and you and two girls and me. <laughs> You're like, you bring two friends that are single. Yeah. I'll focus on them and ignore you. <laughs> but you have to be my coach. Dude, I would love I would love nothing more than to do this. I'm That'd 100- be such a funny sketch if you were like if you brought like a clipboard and a whistle to the bar and you're like, fucking your offense is terrible right now. You're all oh. defense. Your arms are crossed. Do you want to get fucked tonight or not, Hannah? <laughs> Open your arms. Open your heart. Let's fucking get in there. Open your heart. Well, if you we can go out after a blackout on Friday. We always go to the magician. We we could give you a few trial uh, balloons to try out or whatever you call it. The magician. That sounds so sketchy. Yeah, we go to this basement <laughs> called the magician. It's really weird. You just drop something into a girl's drink and then she disappears <laughs> forever. <laughs> yeah, the magician is is just my studio apartment. <laughs> um. Okay, so we do this thing called fetish of the week. And basically, like, I describe the fetish and then you um, have to guess what it is. Okay. Queerophilia. Q-U-I-R-O-F-I-L-I-A. I meant, sorry, I'm going to tell you the fetish and you have to guess what it is. Uh, okay, okay. Queerophilia. Uh, quiz. Queero. Uh, is it queer? I, I, I wanted to say queer, but it's not spelled queer. Is it someone that just likes to get asked a lot of questions? Like a lot of queries? Kiro? Um, oh, is it a G a or a questions? Q? It's yeah. with a Q. Oh, sorry. Q-U-I-R-O. Yeah, like what? Like a query. Someone that asks a lot of questions. Queerophilia? Yeah, I would I'm- love to know a guy who gets turned on by a lot of questions. Have you ever <laughs> heard of that? No. A guy who's like, I don't know, man. She's just always asking me about my life. And it's a real turn on. <laughs> Are you kidding, Danny? That's why guys break up with women. That's how divorces happen is women ask too many questions. <laughs> There's no secret fetish. Enough chit chat. Take the top off. <laughs> yeah. Wow, 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 wow. My day was fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, a hand fetish. Hand fetish. Okay. Mm-hmm. Why would it be spelled Q-U- Why would Q-U-I relate to hand? I don't really get that. I don't know. Like uh, just jerking off on someone's hand? <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow, exactly. man, you really seduced me tonight. You just came on my hand. I mean, maybe, I don't know. I really like soft hands. It's really nice when someone has very soft hands, but I wouldn't be like, ah, maybe, I don't know. You like a man with soft hands? I like a man with soft hands and not too long of fingernails. Yeah, trimming is important. I watched an interview with Matthew McConaughey. He has a lot of uh, nail clippers around every house in the room. And for some reason, every time I trim my nails, I think about that fact. He's Why like, does oh, he have them? 
I don't know. He, him and his family really enjoy keeping their nails nice and trim. And, and it made me do it more now, too, because I'm like, he's right. You should keep your nails trim. My nickname in college was Bad Handjob Hannah. So because I kept my rings on and gave this guy a handjob, it wasn't a good it wasn't good for him. Um, <laughs> it was my first handjob ever. And that was my nickname throughout college. Anyway, side note. So I I don't really know the attraction to hands, but I do know the fear of hands sexually. Fear. Oh, or just like he nails? feared my hands. Yeah. <laughs> he feared my hands. But yeah, I don't know. I guess there are hand models. Do you look at a woman's hands? Also, a woman's hand shows her age. So maybe it's like if they have young hands, they're like, ooh, younger lady. That's interesting. I guess I don't like intentionally like check out her hands. But if, if her hands are kind of like small and dainty or like I like when girls like use their hands to demonstrate or in a very feminine way to like accentuate their points and they have a little like, you know, loose wrist thing. That's really sexy to me. I like that a lot. Really? I will notice their hands. Yeah. When a girl talks with her hands, that turns you on. Yeah. Like I, I got to argue with my girlfriend, that long term girlfriend, and she was sitting in her bed and she was mad and she kept like using her hands to like emphasize her points. And it was like very like feminine and it was kind of like like making me attracted to her, even though she was mad at me. You got a boner. She's like, how are you hard right now? How are you hard right now? Throwing your hands up. Well, that's kind of an attraction. You might have this. If you're attracted Maybe. to a woman flailing her dainty hands, you're like, no man hands. Absolutely no man hands. But yeah, no, that's gross. <laughs> hard pass. Jesus. I mean, you know, they big hands, big clit. So <laughs> I'm always in the market for a big clit. You know me, Anna it's easier is that okay to ask a girl on a, on a first date like i'm not trying to be rude but do you have a big clip <laughs> that would end the date immediately um yeah probably but if a guy asked me if i had a big clip i wouldn't end the date because it's a no <laughs> <laughs> you know if a girl ends the date you got your answer because <laughs> yeah. that's an offensive question to someone who has a big clip <laughs> she's storming out but i'm like happy with my decision to ask <laughs> you're like great now i don't have to buy her a meal yeah, it's all going to go to her clit anyways. I don't know if this is appropriate, but fuck That's it. Um, okay, last thing. Do you have one secret you don't want your mom to know? Tuh, I have many. Um, I mean, probably that I've just had, like, a lot of sex. <laughs> I'm not being boastful. That was your way of, your way of uh, signing out. I've had a lot of fucking I've had a lot of sex. No, I just mean in the context that, like, she's very conservative Christian, so that she wouldn't be... That's probably the least you know, things she'd be thrilled about hearing. I guess it sounds like I'm bragging, but no, I think that legitimately would not would be the thing she wouldn't want to hear about. Yeah, that's fair. You know, you had too much sex for a Christian woman. Yeah, I'm not saying it was good sex. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> You're like, I'm not bragging here. No one came in any of the situations, but it's yeah. there's a lot of penetration in my life. <laughs> um, well, thank you so much for doing this, Danny. Uh, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Do you want to plug your handles and your your pod? Sure. It's uh, Danny Palmer NYC on Instagram and uh, the Danny Palmer show podcast on Apple and Spotify and other platforms. Major. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we're going to do the Black Cat Friday. I'm excited. Podcast. I'm excited, too. I love okay. watching you perform. You're a killer and you're a great hang. Oh, thanks. And the magician after the magician after gents. <laughs>